was going through this process of doing these episodes on fairies and my studies on fairies, fairies I've kind of been familiar with, but when I did, I haven't personally done like a deep, deep, deep dive on fairy folklore and fairy witchcraft and magic practices and where they can be found in, in certain grimoires and things like that. But I was saying to you when we were having this private conversation off the record and that moving from a city to a smaller place, which particularly where I am now, seems like a very fresh wound of colonialism because it's a it's a younger place right um and and there were first nations communities here that are just some of the most beautiful and austere and and, and omnipresent truly like they the, the the coast salish peoples uh of of the uh of western north america it's it's incredible and so i was saying to you you know my magic has to change like my magic needs to change Hello and welcome to the Spirit Box podcast, where we explore folklore, magic, the world of the spirits and everything in between. Today we welcome back the noble and scholarly Douglas Batchelor of the What Magic Is This podcast, which is a podcast for those curious about magic, the occult, witchcraft, the esoteric, the paranormal and the supernatural. Douglas has been doing magic for close to 20 years and has a wealth of knowledge and experience. And today we focus on how his practice and areas of interest have changed since his recent move to the west of Canada. And we discuss his recent Patreon show on Isabel Gowdy. His remarkable memory and his ability to communicate complex ideas in a way that's uh, digestible uh, and very informative. Now, the title of this show is a reference to a phrase used by John Moriarty in one of his many Irish radio interviews, where he talked about not sitting well with the modern world and feeling its separation from nature acutely. Consequently, he left his academic career and moved home to Ireland, um, to Connemara in, in the west of Ireland in County Galway. And the conversation with Douglas reminded me of Moriarty's coming back into wilderness, not least because of their moving location, but in a topic that came up in the Plus show, uh, where we discussed the horror of poorly done TV and film adaptations, and how film becomes less story and more spectacle, and that we've exhausted the narrative of that particular form of art. The well, as such, has run dry. So we need to discuss new stories uh, we need to find new dreams and and we round out the conversation with hope and belief in the younger generations and the generations yet to be born um how they will dream new stories and bring new art into being the show notes are extensive for this one so do check them out as there's a wealth of material to be explored there now if you want to hear the plus show very straightforward to do so simply click the link three link below and sign up to the patreon you'll get this plus show and all three years of back catalogue so loads of stuff there to to enjoy let's get on with the show douglas bachelor you're very very welcome back to the spirit box lovely to, to have you nice to see you mate nice to see you too darn uh, man it's always good to to talk I, it, I i haven't done a lot of reappearances on podcasts I'm super glad that I'm able to come back on your show because your show has always been. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was talking a little bit about uh, earlier about how my podcast queue is 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 quite long, but uh, I've I've said it elsewhere and I'll say it again. If you ever want to stop listening to podcasts, start one of your own. Um, but <laughs> I find as I go through time, a lot of a lot of podcasts have fallen away just because yeah. I don't have the time. But your podcast is always there. There's always time. 
for Spirit oh, Box. Thank you, man. And uh, likewise, likewise, okay. indeed. You know, um, we'll, we'll get to as well. But I loved the bit of Patreon show you did with it on Isabel Gaddy. That was that was fantastic. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I yeah. I. I try with my Patreon stuff to do. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit more, I don't know, cinematic, operatic. I don't know what the proper term. <laughs> I'm trying to do things, something differently with a lot of my Patreon stuff. And um, I don't know if people are enjoying it. So <laughs> I'm glad that you did. I think some people, it might throw them for a bit of a loop because I put in like orchestral music and, and I, I. Oh, it was really of, noticeable. It was really okay. noticeable. Yeah. No, no. Right. I, but like, the main takeaway, because I was, um, what was I doing? I was building a wooden chest at the time. Nice. Right. Oh, cool. Like, um, and uh, listening to you uh, 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 while I was doing it, and um, I, I'd stop at some stage and go like, "Fuck me, his production's good. Why does my production <laughs> not sound like this?" <laughs> so yeah, you know, apart from the content, which is wonderful from a technical yeah. perspective, uh, I was admiring your your efforts absolutely. Thank you. you know? Thank you. Yeah, I was. I, Isabel's story to me, I could have done for those people who don't know who we're talking about. Where there's this very, there's this infamous confession that we have of a, of a 16th century uh, person who was accused of witchcraft and most likely killed because of witchcraft but her confession is basically like all of the things you can think about of about witches mm -hmm. can be like in is in her confession it's really quite incredible um but the way that i wanted to tell the story could have been two ways it could have just been me being like and then this happened and this is what she said and then this and this and yeah. this and this and that would have been really really boring um, so I, I, I tried to kind of tell it is like, this is what she said. And here are the kind of, here are the ramifications of her story. Yeah. So, um, meanwhile, in the background I had, and I hope I don't get sued for it. Um, but I had, um, at the orchestral score by James McMillan, uh, called yeah. the confession of Isabel Gowdy, which is just one of my favorite pieces of, of, or like modern contemporary yeah. orchestral score. And so I had, that was underpinning the whole thing, uh, the, the first half. And yeah, so I, I went for broke. I hope people enjoyed it. <laughs> it, was great. it was a great show. Um, I mean, for for people who aren't familiar with the the kind of the the main books on, um, well, I mean, more broadly, kind of Scottish witchcraft and then kind of the the, the various confessions and, and and heresies that were recorded and aggregated. Um, Emma Wilby uh, is just an extraordinary she, academic, really. She has done so much like cutting folk and familiar spirits enough solidifies cool. her place as a great scholar yeah. but um uh her her book on isabel gowdy also amazing her book on the basque witch trials also like no everybody forgets that one but that one is for me like that is great too i think yeah. i think the um the visions of isabel gowdy by emma Wilby is essential reading it's unfortunate that it's so expensive but i want everybody yeah, to read is, that book is, i want everybody to read that book it is yeah. it is such a fascinating book and emma just handles it so well she really does and um i mean it, it really got the attention of the the, the kind of the i think the the occult and i guess more broadly esoteric community because she says in it i mean i i read it oof. I mean, about 18 months ago or something like that. So my memory's a bit rusty on it. But um, she she gives a quote um, basically saying that perhaps people were experiencing communication with a real entity. And um, actually, yeah. he mentions it in Apocalyptic Witchcraft. You know, he, he right. pulls out that as well. Um, and that, you know, for an academic to, to come to that conclusion is remarkable. 
you know, because yeah. they do all kinds of, of mental acrobatics to to get to a, a, a very, very rational perspective. But she just puts it there in black and white. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Carlo Ginsburg kind of opened that door and, and, and folks like Emma Wilby are, are truly um, like the heirs of, of, of Carlo. And I, there's I, sorry for everybody. We're talking very, we're talking about scholars <laughs> of, of witchcraft and the occult. And um, there's this weird thing that happens, particularly amongst people who are magical practitioners, where a lot of times we go to the scholars because what they're doing is actual boots on the ground research that mm-hmm. from which we can pull ways of operating, uh, anthropological ways of operating, particularly for things like magic. And um, yeah, so when Emma, when Emma's able to put out a book, even she did that almost in a way also in Cunning Folk and Familiar Spirits. Well, she was just, she's just like, these what you have to understand about these people is that they this was their world mm-hmm. and that we can see among so many cultures in and around england is that there might have actually been something to this phenomenon yeah and, that, and then she just walks away from that I mean, but it's still there but um yeah it's it's just fantastic work and emma is she barely gets she doesn't do any interviews mm-hmm. she's very mysterious um people have reached out to her myself included and um crickets for the most part <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean i can imagine she gets an awful lot of attention and i, I you know people get tired about talking about the, the yeah. stuff but um one of my one of my real kind of takeaways from 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 kind of studying her work um was particularly in the in, in the the, the Cutting folk and their familiars book is is that she kind of pulls out the pattern of how this happens. She looks at the commonalities between the different cases, you know, and kind of identifies that before the spirit contact took place, where there's somebody meets uh, a fairy or they meet the, the 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 dark man, some kind of trauma happens. Yeah, like you know, she, that's the wonderful like mind she has is that she notes those details. And is able to kind of build out the tapestry and, and make things more real for people. It's, it's remarkable reading. Absolutely. I think in Isabel's case, in her book, she was talking about how, oh, what was it? The the Battle of Aldern that, that occurred in and around the area where, where Emma or where Isabel was, right? And, yeah. and how that might have tied into the experiences of horror that she described um, mm. and things that the devil would do and what they would do with the devil from the devil's commands and things yeah. like this sort. So yeah, like we're, we're very, as I, like, you know what, like I, I'm a magical practitioner and I say this, I think we are literally living in the greatest time for magic and the occult. I think it's right. It's literally right now, as much as there's people, you know, talking shit about each other and there's all these like factions and people fighting mm. and, and naysaying and, and gatekeeping and, and everything. And these are, you know, terms that are, frankly, I don't, I don't have a lot of time for it, but, um, the research being done and the links being drawn mm. and all the crazy things that we have access to, we are living in fantastic times. Like it's, it's incredible. We're so lucky to have shows like spirit box and everybody that you talk to, you were so lucky to have glitch bottle. We're so lucky to have, like, I hate to say my podcast, but like we, we are in really Absolutely great times. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I hope my, I hope my show is doing okay, but no, I'm it's every, every month I'm, consistently knocked back by some 
either scholar or practitioner releasing something that is just like mind blowing. And it happens mm. so often, like the, the grimoire revival or the grimoire, um, Renaissance is kind of slowing down. Uh, it's just because the, the manuscripts were running out. Like they're being <laughs> they're they're being released, um, and we're kind of uh, we're running out of that stuff. But in other areas, and particularly folklore, folklore mm-hmm. through witchcraft and things like that, we're finding old documents, and, and it's really it's quite stunning and shocking. So mm-hmm. take advantage. There, there's there be hay out there, so uh, you know, or there there be sunshine out there, so we might as well make hay. I I screwed that up. Wow, I didn't. I, <laughs> Um, uh, do you know what I meant to actually mention this before um, we got into it? But a quick shout out to to Ash and our respective patrons who um, yeah who uh, recommended we get the band back together, Doug. That's right. <laughs> Ash is one of my favorite people. Um, they they redesigned two of my logos. They yeah they they Ooh. did their own interpretation of, of a couple of my logos that I use for my social media and things like that and an extraordinarily talented artist and um if, if people are following me on instagram just you'll find uh, some of my uh my logos towards the end i'll have a there'll be a link to her instagram fantastic artist man oh, our artists make me so jealous because i am a crap artist and like it's <laughs> i've always been terrible at like drawing I'm good at like editing and stuff like that and, and things like that and, and and doing film and stuff like that but drawing by hand i just Everything I produce turns into it's it's terrible. So I'm in awe of of artistic people and Ashes. Yes, she's fantastic. And and thank and again, thank you. Her, thanks her. Thanks to her, we're 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 on uh, Spirit Box again. So it's it's always wonderful. So what have you been up to apart from being a bit under the oh, weather? Man, um, I since we last talked, uh, which I can't even remember when that was, but I was living in my old house. I was in Toronto. Um, and then I, I had, uh, I had a friend and that friend eventually turned into my girlfriend. And, uh, I, because my podcast is now my job, uh, I basically said goodbye to Canada's largest city and, uh, moved to an Island on the West coast of Canada. And it has been very interesting and very enjoyable. Now in between the recording of that episode and the recording of this episode, Dara and I, had a, a short little conversation just privately, uh, just talking about things. It was towards the towards the beginning of when I started my. I did a series of episodes on fairies. That's right. And I just yeah. thought it was good. So if I'm talking about fairies, I got to talk. I got to talk with Dara, and um, I was just relating to you while while I uh, was going through this process of doing these episodes on fairies and my studies on fairies. Uh, fairies I've kind of been familiar with, but when I did, I haven't personally done like a deep, deep, deep dive on fairy folklore and fairy witchcraft and magic practices and where they can be found in, in certain grimoires and things like that. But I was saying to you when we were having this private conversation off the record and that moving from a city to a smaller place, which particularly where I am now seems like a very fresh wound of colonialism because it's a, it's a younger place. Right. Um, and, and there were first nations communities here that are just some of the most beautiful and austere and 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 omnipresent, truly, like they the the, the Coast Salish peoples uh, of of the uh, of Western North America. It's it's incredible, and so I was saying to you, you know, my magic has to change. Like my magic needs to change. Where I came from, a place which was in the center, an old center of the city in Toronto, which was basically 
uh, a giant, you know, graveyard. Car- cities are just giant graveyards. And my my magic at that point, particularly for the time that I spent in Toronto, was a lot of visiting cemeteries, a lot of a lot of necromancy, and a lot of things of that sort. When I came to this new place, I realized something had to change. And there's there is a very strange and very spiritual aspect to where I find myself now that kind of slowly got transformed into um, why I became so interested in fairies and, and, and I'm going to say local, more nature based spirits uh, because it just doesn't feel like, and this is going to sound horrible. It doesn't, it feels like the bodies are very close to the surface here. And that sounds terrible. But it's true. It's just like there, there's something here that doesn't feel like there's a lot of there. Of course, there's horror. There's horror anywhere where there's a long line of colonialism. And what happened here is tr- I, I can go into details if you want. But what happened here is truly terrifying and is so right. bad. And then there was even stuff as close to like World War One era where they were imprisoning <laughs> Canada imprisoned people who looked and or sounded German. And where that happened, there was a giant internment camp where my house is and where I'm staying literally right now. Wow. Uh, yeah. So all of this is, is that I'm trying to say is that, yeah, in the last little while since, since being here, I've been trying to figure out, well, why am I here? Here now, and how does my magic have to adapt? And, and I was saying, you know, there's this, this, this fresh wound of colonialism that the city that I live in is has has enormous mental health and drug issues, and I I'm pretty sure that they're related. And I it it really is one of those things where my magic has now shifted to one more of of race, uh, rights relations with within the territory and within the land yeah. that I find myself, and trying to help people truly, and just, just trying to be more involved in in that sense. So my magic has become less less ancestral and necromantic and more actually going out and doing things uh in what we can call quote unquote uh nature and and just trying to be a little bit more about understanding this really beautiful place it's paradise it's i live in paradise i can go snowboarding during the day and i can come home and go kayaking at night right like it's that's Uh, that's insane and i love i love both activities I'm living in paradise, but there there is this real aspect of of hell here, like that in that Miltonian sense mm-hmm. that you can't have one without the other. And it's my magic has truly just been trying to not understand it or have answers, but to see how I situate myself. So that's that's truly what has been happening. And of course, the podcast has just been going along as as it is. I've I've been doing that, and that's always been a whole thing. And What's great about my podcast is that it allows me to rebring in aspects of my practice, which have been put on the back burner. So I, over the last year, I did some more stuff on scrying and I tried scrying a little bit more and I'm still crap at it. Um, but the one that, the one that, uh, I've really enjoyed recently is, um, there was this large break, uh, that I did in the summer and just with guests canceling and me trying to figure things out, I, I went and did uh, an episode about the uh, about Ouija and Ouija boards. And man, I love Ouija boards. I've always loved Ouija boards. And so uh, my my practice has kind of gone back to, to using spirit boards and talking boards. So um, cool. yeah, how that fits in with the whole um, more nature-based spirit interactions is uh, something I'm still trying to, to figure out. But yeah. uh, it's my job is so fun because it's – 
wherever the wind blows is kind of where it goes as far as my Patreon stuff, which yeah. I, I truly think is my best, my best material uh, in the sense that it's far more por- personalized and I get to talk about how and people get to see how I magically see the world for the most part. And, uh, so yeah, when I'm doing an episode on Ouija, I, I'll learn everything that there is to learn about Ouija and then I'll start doing things with Ouija boards. So yeah, man, I, 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 I hope this doesn't sound like bragging, but I, I'm so lucky that this is my job. I'm so lucky that I get to do this. And, you know, I, I make, uh, uh, you know, I, I make a little bit of cash. One of the things I was going to ask is because I mean, you, you mentioned there when you talk about Ouija's, uh, Ouija boards, is that like you, you pick up and you'd learn uh, kind of everything you find about Ouija boards and then, then construct, um, you know, shows um you know which which are lectures which are, which are talks on on the subjects yeah um and i'm absolutely fascinated by the kind of the the, the breadth of subjects that you can absorb uh, and digest and kind of metastasize and, and not only kind of relay okay here's your you know here's your cliff notes version of everything but also here's what i think here's my angle here's my kind of perception and, and view of it um and and I, I just find it absolutely brilliant. I, I really do. Like, because just there's such a there's such a breadth of, of subjects mm-hmm. you can speak to, um, which I don't. A lot, a lot of people think they, they just don't have that kind of capability, you know. And like, yeah, where does it come from? How do you have this fucking amazing memory? How and <laughs> well, mind I'm, I'm, uh, I've always had a really good memory. Um, it's, it shocks my parents, the things that I remember. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of conversations recently about, you know, it, photographic memory, not really being a thing, but, right. uh, and I would never say that I have, you know, what people yeah. back in the nineties would describe as a photographic memory, but if things are important to me, I'm able to squirrel it away. And I've just yeah. always had this ability. And, you know, when, when I was, God, I forget, but 23 when I first read The Art of Memory by um, by Francis Yates, the scholar Francis Yates. Um, there were segments in there that I recognized as like how I could remember things. I, re- yeah. I remember certain aspects of things that is very visual to me. And when I read, I don't, I, I don't think it's a form of synesthesia, but like when I read certain things and certain aspects, they appear to me very visually. Right. And then that's how I'm able to bring them <laughs> up so much. But um, the, yeah, I, I have, I've always had a really good memory. Mm-hmm. My influences for my podcasts aren't other podcasts. My main influence for how I do things is I was obsessed and I'm still obsessed with this. Um, so he's a historian, a television presenter of, of the history of science, a gentleman by the name of James Burke. Uh, he produced a series of programs in the uh, in the 80s and 90s called Connections, right. and then another show called The Day the Universe Changed. I would just watch these on repeat, and it wasn't because of the information it, um, that he was presenting. Although to begin with, it was because it's very, very, very fascinating stuff. But how he presented it, and just like how he was able to make these things, he would talk about concepts like. Schliemann photography and how that became how we design jets, supersonic jets and things like this, which is like really, it's very, very scientific stuff, but he's able, the way that he was able to break it down so that it's really understandable. I would rewatch, I would rewatch connections one, two, and three over and over and over again. Um, because the way that he would present information was brilliant and special and apparently they're making a new uh, series and he's been off 
he hasn't made a television show in over 30 years. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so my major influence is mostly him. I love Carl Sagan's Cosmos. Carl Sagan also is another one of those guys. But um, mainly my biggest influence are 80s and 90s um, documentaries of science and history, right? Before before Discovery Channel became a giant shit, like we'll just follow people on crab boats, they used to put up documentaries that would be very educational. Yeah. And yeah. I would like and I would like to watch things like that. Um but for the most part, it's yeah, just my my memory this stuff is very interesting to me, but my influences as far as how to relay information so it's easy for people to understand and also tells a story at the same time uh, is something that I truly worked at. <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah that, that that's, that's truly it. But yeah, I, I just love, I love sharing more than anything. I like sharing and let's not, you know, let's not beat around the bush. The occult and magic and, and, esoteric philosophy is not easy for people who come to it new right it's not it, it's really hard to understand um so i've just tried to relay that information in the most easy to understand way that also allows people to see my perspective and yeah. yeah that's it but thank you thank you so much darren <laughs> it's really appreciated oh, yeah, it's, it doesn't come naturally is what i'm saying is it doesn't come naturally as far as like how my show is constructed i work yeah. at it and yeah i've I'm doing an episode on this. Uh, most likely, it'll be out before this shows out. I'm doing an episode about Jack Parsons, which should be dropping on Friday or something like that. But mm. the amount of the amount of information about Jack Parsons, it's been really tough because if you don't already know about Philema, trying to explain to people like, so this is what he did. Yeah, <laughs> this is what he did for the Babylon working. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> like, uh, how do I make this? How do I make this palatable? So yeah, it's work. It's everything's a lot of work. Yeah, no, no, totally, totally. I mean, um, did you did you read? Um, have you had a look at Peter Gray's and uh, his last book? Uh, Two Antichrists. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Loved it. That's yeah, awesome. Peter is a very special writer, mm-hmm. and I love the way he writes. I like. Most, if you go into an occult bookstore or, you know, like a new age bookstore, most of the, uh, I'm, I'm really hope this doesn't sound like I'm shitting on contem- everybody contemporary who's writing contemporarily. Most people sound exactly the same when they write. Like mm-hmm. most people, when they talk about this stuff, Peter's got a true, 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 very distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely love the way that he writes. And that book, The Two Antichrists, it's funny because he talks about, on one hand, he talks about Jack Parsons, and on the other hand, he talks about L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And I'm familiar with Jack Parsons enough. I love the stuff that he was talking about about L. Ron Hubbard. I thought that was the most fascinating part really of that book. Everything. Yeah, man, I didn't know about these things called the affirmations. L. Ron Hubbard once sat down in front of um, a recording device, and he had these affirmations. Um, it was like the year before he wrote Dianetics. And they, to, to a layman, these affirmations just looks like so silly. They just look like any kind of Emil Coué-inspired affirmations. But the shit that he has in that affirmations is really bizarre. And, and he talks about – I hope like, – <laughs> I know your, your show is, uh, is explicit for adults, yep. but he, t- he talks about masturbation a lot. <laughs> he talks – in L. Ron Hubbard, I think – I don't want to say that because this is an oversimplification, but – Dude was really hung up about, and probably because of his family, really hung up about 
self-eroticism. And yeah. in the affirmations, that comes through very starkly. So take that for what it's worth. But it wasn't until I read that book and I was like, what is this? This is very fascinating and an interesting, uh, an interesting rabbit hole. But no, I, I loved I loved the two antichrists. It was, yeah. it was a very fascinating read. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I've, I've, I've really got to get myself a copy. I, um, I, I want to get the... I don't know about you, but I can tell to a degree because it's behind you how much books mean to your life. But there's certain books that, like, I'll buy the paperback, and if I really get hung up on it, then I'm like, yeah. I have to go and get the hard copy now. I've yeah. done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm, in a, I'm at the moment, I've been an awful lot this year, I've been reading um, uh, Robin Artisan. So I've got a, you know, that's going to blur there, but this is, right. yeah, it's, it's, it. it's absolutely wonderful. Um, and, and I recently did that with Joshua Cretchen's, his ecology of souls. I bought, I bought the, e, e, the, the ebook because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm Scots Irish. I'm cheap. Oh no, I'll just say that I'm cheap. So I was like, <laughs> Oh, two books for one on, on, uh, and, and truthfully, this was the first thing of Josh's that I read and I'm kicking myself in retrospect. Yeah. First, the first thing that I read was ecology of souls of his. And meanwhile, everybody for ages had been yelling in my ear. Have you checked out Josh's work? Have you checked out Josh's work? And I was like, yeah. no, no, just never came around to it. So he dropped this enormous book, two books in one for a, an EPUB digitally. And I, I started reading it. And then halfway through the first one, it's like, I'm buying both books. I need, yeah. I need this in like I need to hold this in my hands. Like, yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens and it's they're, they're so good they're so good you know uh, i mean joshua's consistently does fantastic work i like i loved it. his thieves in the night is fantastic um i have like it's now it's i've devoured almost everything i, I still have to finish uh, where the footprint ends the second yeah. volume but yeah. i've read everything yeah. his book the brimstone to see like if you were to try and tell me that it would be an interesting book, maybe five years ago, I'd be like, "Nah, I'll pass." But it's one of my favorites. I love. Uh, he he has a book about mysterious smells and yeah. smells and how they relate. It's it's incredible. It's so good. Yeah, and it's just such a like a, a vast amount of research, you know. Because yeah. when when he was um, when he was on Spirit Books um, for Ecology of Souls, I I think I just finished or i was a couple of months after finishing my book you know and and kind of just looking at the amount of research you know like the appendices alone are fucking huge and and i was just like i'm blown away by your ability you know um how did you write so much this is fucking insane you know and um he was telling me though he, he sometimes he can just he can just bosh out like five thousand words a day you know and i'm like fuck me Jesus, dude, that's fucking incredible! Like, like, like I mean, that for for people who were kind of listening, going, yeah, and it's like, if you're writing something that has to make logical sense and be robust and actually have a narrative that fits in itself, so the chapter works as a unit, and then fits in a wider fucking pattern of the book, to be able to do that kind of volume of word count in a day is remarkable. Remarkable. Normally, that's like you know, to do it well and be, you know pulled together that's going to take you could could take a um, a couple of days or a week or something like that and that's a good one you know? yeah that means you're flying there are some there are some people who i truly think are born to do certain things and yeah. some of us some of us and some people are lucky enough to be able to do that for their life 
I hope Josh writes for the rest of his life. And it, it's going to be one of those things where literally every time, like this is, this is, this is literally right behind me. This is Josh's new book that them old ways never died. Fantastic. It's, it's I, his I fiction book. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Brilliant. Um, I hope he never stops writing. Josh is a born writer and, and I, I have to say, I love, we were just talking about Peter Gray. Mm. I love everything that Peter's done. Uh, Apocalyptic Witchcraft was a, a book that just like hit me Amazing. for, Beautiful. hit me sideways, changed my world. Mm. Ecology of Souls by Joshua Kutchin is another one. Like it's, oh, this is one of those books like <laughs> The Supernatural by Jeffrey Kripal and, and Whitley Strieber. It's like, oh, change, done. You've just changed my world. Like, great. Huh. <laughs> this yeah. book will be with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So it's a wonderful, wonderful piece. Um, and and uh, yeah, you touched on one there of apocalyptic witchcraft. Um, I had a really interesting one with that because I interviewed uh, Peter and Alkistis for for my book. Um, and kind of, I, I wanted to kind of ask them about kind of two things. Um, and then I then I fucked up the interview because I just I was just started talking about these synchronicities that had happened in the run up to to to, to interviewing them because I, w- I wanted to actually ask them about. I'll kiss this about kind of like the the the, the kind of um, the position of dance at, at the Sabbath and kind of um, the, the 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 state of of the mental state of the dancer, the trance, all that kind of stuff. Um, and and uh, Peter around kind of like the, the the devil aspect. And in in advance for that interview, I was like, well, you know, I was going through the material. And kind of read the Brazen Vessel and read um, so good. Yeah, I, that is one of my favorites. Yeah. I've literally, I literally just put it back on the shelf, but yeah, I was going through it. I go through it. I go through that book so often. <laughs> it's it's a favorite. That's wonderful. But I read Apocalyptic Witchcraft, um, and it was one of those ones where you know you could. I had to close the book and go. Fuck me. And because what had happened was in, in the run up to it, um, in the run to, in, in, to that interview, I, I, I was actually writing a chapter talking about um, the connection between kind of caves as our first temples and the, the dark womb beneath them. Um, and I, I speak specifically uh, to a, a piece of cave art in France. Uh, called the sorcerer uh, in a cave called the Trois Frères Cave, and I talk yeah. about this kind of the composite being and blah, blah blah blah. And so I was writing all about that, the cave, the dark womb, and then um, that this is one of the ones where the the chapter where where it went extremely quickly, everything came through, and it's like yeah. I was just writing away, and I'm like I don't I barely remember what I've written. It just boom, comes straight through, you know, um, where <laughs> someone else takes the wheel. Um, yeah. Well, what happened was, is I was then kind of two days later after I'd written that, and, I, you know, this is a singular piece of cave art, right? It's famous, but it's not like, you know, it's not like the fucking, you know, Coke can logo. You know, it's not like <laughs> ubiquitously fucking recognized, no. right? No. It's a bit of fucking, you know, cave art. Um, and, um, I was in the British Museum and I was waiting to to go and meet my friend um, Elise Ursa um, nearby for for a beer and just just knocking about. Picked up a book. It was like a kind of a, a bestiary, like in in the 
the book the, the in in the bookshop gift shop in the in, in the in, in the British Museum. Big kind of tick Which one. There's like 14 of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I just picked one up and I opened it, and it was on that image. Yeah, right? and I'm like, okay, fucking hairs in the back of the neck go up. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm onto something now, and then, um, then two weeks later, or so I'm prepping to to to, to interview uh, Peter and Lucas. and he talks about the same piece of fucking cave art, yeah. yeah. witchcraft, and I'm just like, fucking, hell. <laughs> you know, like uh, it's like ding ding ding, you know, okay, yeah. you know, I guess this is something. Um, well, Does I, Graham yeah. Hancock talk about that in Supernatural? That that piece that you're talking oh, about? He, I don't know. I, I can't remember. It was so long since I read that. I mean, it's years ago since I read that. Um, I know he talks about there's a cave in northern Spain where the big kind of um, the, yeah. the guy who discovered it basically got derailed and got taken down by kind of the then academia. Um, right. Still, kind of one of the guys who was um, pursuing uh, him in and in, in yeah. his reputation went to the cave. I think after the guy died and was like. Oh, I was totally wrong. You know this. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Unbelievable piece of art. Yeah, it was. I it. think did we talk about Graham Hancock last time? We talked about Graham and and uh, yeah. So it's for some reason again, it's like do, do we do, do we just talk about the same things anytime we're? I'm we might on, do. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but that that's a good book. Uh, that Graham Hancock was great. Yeah. Um, and he, was he, doesn't he open it up with like, I think he opens the book, the opening chapters with him taking a, a bogeyne. It is. Yeah. He's sitting yeah. on the couch taking a bogeyne and he's yeah. like, time to go to a yeah. different world. And yeah. 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 That drug sounds. He's being dragged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I doesn't sound like a fun drug, that particular one, a bogeyne. But I had a friend who did it and he said, never again. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds horrendous. Yeah, he had a friend do it. He's like, that's, he's like, there's, this is a friend who's a, who's a willing and and is, he's a psychonaut. He enjoys yeah. it. Like his part, he does. He's not irresponsible, but he's like yeah. I, he wants to experience these things. And he's just said, "That's not for me. That is not like this." There's <laughs> there's certain drugs that are certainly probably very cultural, and he's like that. He's just like that was one that wasn't for me. He he, mm. he recognized immediately is like this very yeah. different ecosystem that uh, that collapses around you when you do certain substances and that one was not for him so Ooh, yeah. that sounds a bit hairy yeah <laughs> um that's a yeah, that's a definitely one to to avoid um so you mentioned there that you'd been you, you've kind of adjusted your magical practice you, you've mm. kind of zoned in on 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 kind of you know you know your 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 territory the landscape and kind of yeah you know the the, the memories there the ghosts there um it was it's really interesting that you say that because because you like you're talking about kind of you know city magic beforehand and mm-hmm. i was just thinking when you were saying that that um and i you know i've lived in cities for a long long time um it never really happened for me there it's like no. The minute I go out to the to, to the to the sticks, you know where I live now, and kind of you know where I grew up as well, it's like fucking it's all it's all going off when uh, I'm yeah. at boonies. But in the cities, the cities, I I don't get very much at all. You know, um, you're very lucky though, Darren. And I'm just going to say here, and I, I hope 
this is not me overstepping. You you release videos on your Patreon of of your little your little garden, and I loved them. I was like, anytime you dropped a video, I was like, oh, I love this. Man, you're very lucky that you have that, and, and oh, yeah. I, I know you. I know you've got family and everything, but man, I would be, I would be a tinkering. I would be, I would, I would be doing stuff out there. So, um, yeah, I understand what you're saying, though. It's, it's, it, were you raised uh, rurally? Yeah, I, I mean, for kind of at least half half my kind of childhood was in a, was yeah. in a rural area. Uh, I mean, and then kind of small town, rural, but like. Um, Went from County Dublin to like the the west coast of Ireland, and you know, it was like, I mean, basically moving. I wouldn't say just moving country; it's like moving time zone, like like era. Right. You know, yeah. it's like a, for every mile between Dublin and the west coast, you're kind of you're slipping back five years, three years. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just totally different culture. But you're you're right now, Dara. You're in like. The most magical place <laughs> like as far as cities are concerned mm-hmm. like it doesn't maybe paris mm-hmm. maybe venice yeah like, yeah, yeah like i can't well, think of another place <laughs> but i mean it's i mean I, I you know i don't live near london like i go like occasionally kind of go in um yeah and it's you know it's a magnificent place um it has its ups and downs it has its problems um a bed bug outbreak it's one thing all over the transport system at the moment which is pretty grim oh no yeah um it was, it's, apparently it's, it's horrendous in paris apparently um i know i mean i'm getting my my news from like shitty tabloids like so <laughs> okay. good, good, i could be very fucking off the mark on that one but uh it, yeah there, there's so much there but it, it's i i guess what i'm saying really is that kind of being closer to nature I I think we're just I'm on a closer vibe to that, you know. Um I, I find it easier. Um I I don't really have to do that much to be honest. They kind of they come knocking on my door. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think I think that's kind of one of the things that I've I've realized particularly since over the last 20 years since moving away I, I i lived very rurally very very rural like a place where the population of the city the town was 400 people right uh th- this the place i live now has got a population in and around the whole area in and around about a hundred thousand people so you know it's not a small place but it's not exactly a giant place but it, the place is a very nature uh, adjacent it's yeah. i can I can drive five minutes and then I'm in a place where I can walk around and I won't see another human being. I could walk around for three hours and I'm not going to see another human being. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's really wonderful, but I understand what you're saying because when I was in living in, you know, living in cities in Alberta and living in cities in Ontario, my magic was just like, I I really had to work at it. I really had to do Mm -hmm. things to, to get results and, and the whole necromancy thing, um, after I kind of dumped the Golden Dawn and Thelema stuff and started doing more stuff based on like Greco-Egyptian magic and, and, yeah. and more Catholic and, and, and necromantic practices, uh, that's when that's when things got a little bit easier because I feel that those places are kind of charged by bodies. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to say it, bodies and, 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 and things of that nature. But um, yeah, now that I'm back out here, uh, it's very – it's – would I say it's easier? I would say that I know what I need to do quicker 
than I did when I was in a city where I, it, it, would, it would be like, I'd have to plan everything. It would be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And yeah. now it's just like, I just head out. I know what I need to do. Everything just kind of appears for me. It's very, very intuitive. So I know, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it feels like you kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're able to go with the current a bit more, you know, yeah. once, once, you know, land uh, accepts, accepts you and kind of, you know, and um, yeah. but just from how you were just, positioning things you know which i thought was just very empathetic and and thoughtful you know it, it doesn't surprise me that you know you you can you can ride the waves there i'm still learning though it's um i i really hope people don't like think that this is this is really um, hoity-toity or anyways but the the level of sadness and just absolute atrocity that exists within the colonial enterprise of Western Canada and the Western United States is truly terrifyingly sad. Mm. And it's tough once you start learning about it. <laughs> once you start learning more and more, um, I'm not, I don't want this to, I want, again, and I keep giving myself a bit of a preface before I talk, but I don't, I don't want people to think that like I move here, things were a little bit dicey. I I, I found a key, I unlocked it. And now the secrets yeah, yeah. of magic yeah. of spirit place are, no, that's not, that's, this is an ongoing process that I'm going through. of just trying to learn and learn about the beliefs of the people in the area that, that are still very much a part of the, the culture of this place that I live in. Um, there's a very interesting thing that happens though when um what what is occurring now wherein more credence and more space is being given back to the original peoples of of, of this of this area um the the nations that exist here beforehand the, their stories are now finally yeah. given space and then we have this other aspect of the people who 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 are of of a lineage of europeans mostly mostly German and English and their beliefs and things. There's woods here and all there's woods all around the place where I live. And perhaps if people Google, they'll know exactly where I live. Um, but there's forests with elf doors and gnome houses and fairy houses. And there's all over the place. And those aren't just for kids. Like those, those are erected and have been erected. They, they come from that kind of European rights relation that that yeah. we can't really shake. That's us white people can't really shake. <laughs> and that tension, yeah. that tension and that, that collision that exists here is one that mm. is one that I, I'm really finding to be very fruitful as far as, as my, my personal practices are concerned. Yeah, man, it's um, it's not easy. And my job's not done, but it's it's a very mm. cool thing that, that I think that I think has has been happening in my life. And I'm I'm very glad that I'm able to make to make space for it truly because yeah i work a lot <laughs> i also work a lot and it's yeah. it's uh yeah it's it, it gets a bit rushed around but every once in a while it's i had a period of time where there's this place where i've been doing a lot of a lot of my stuff and i i did a patreon episode where i was talking about um spirit houses thai spirit houses and uh, and ideas of like fairy houses and things like that and the kind of the intersections of them so i've been doing some stuff with that mm -hmm. Um, and there had been a period of time where I had been back to that area and um, well over two months. And then I decided to come. I've only lived here since May of 2022. So it hasn't been a long time. But yeah, I, then I went back there and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. 
we shan't let that happen again. So it's it's now back to like just regularly setting routines. Um, it's hard. It's hard. Magical practice, continuing doing things. It's tough. And I'm, I'm not, I think a lot of people think that I'm an expert in magic and I'm doing magic all the time and, and stuff like that. But a lot of times my, my work is, is my work is my ongoing magical process. It's <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's hard to make space is, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose it is, it's one of those things there, there is that tension between, you know, what you're, what you're, you know, researching and, and, and creating, you know, wonderful shows about it versus doing you know it, it's yeah. it, there is a there's a there's a classic challenge there right that's you know yeah yeah well what was lucky and what i mentioned earlier yeah when the oichi stuff came around that seemed fortuitous and so um and that was that was that was literally done under influence of and i i've given them flowers and stuff so i'm sure they're they're fine with it me saying this but it was one of those things where uh, i was having so many problems with my podcast and I'd had, I literally had two guests canceled the day of, and I do a lot of work before I get my guests on the show. So it was like, I just wasted like five weeks of research, mm-hmm. not wasted, but it's just like, it's on the back burner. Yeah. I was exhausted. My I show hadn't come out for more than two and a half months and, and, and podcasts are like bonfires. You got to keep giving people things <laughs> or else they find other places to go. And I just, this was my answer is like just like what needs to happen and they're like get an ouija board i'm like okay cool get an ouija board uh we'll talk then and they're like no you bonehead do the ouija board it's like okay so then i just did that episode on ouija boards and then that gets brought into my my practice so i get lucky with certain things where mm-hmm. i'm able to my show dovetails into my magical practice yeah it gets lucky. Again, current thing I'm doing is about Jack Parsons, and I'm not I'm not going back to doing any kind of scrying the, the aethers or anything like that. Yeah. But every once in a while, I do get lucky. Um, this, my interest also intersects with what I want to do magically. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, in, uh, one of the things I kind of wanted to ask you as well. I mean, around that kind of direction of the show. Um. Like how much, if any, do you feel like there's um an unseen hand or you know, like do do you know, is there a an entity that is almost there along with you or 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 bubbling up or for the Patreon stuff? All right, again, again, Doug with his preface. Here's another preface. So. It might just be me that I'm I, I'm working so much that I forget certain things, but uh, a lot of the times with my Patreon shows, I'll make them, and I've I've just kind of like forgotten that I've made them, um, and then every once in a while I'll go back to revisit them, and I'm just like, holy moly, like the, how did that even come about? I, and particularly, I did one about uh, I did a short episode. It's about half an hour on the um, cosmogenesis of the Gnostic universe. It's the Yaldabaoth and, and, and Sophia and, and, and the Archons and things like that, but I did it to the background of Holtz's planet suite. And I don't remember doing that ever. <laughs> like, I don't even remember doing it. Like, <laughs> wow. I don't remember. And I was yeah. like, what? So is that just, does that, was I just working too much? But like, I, I was shocked. I'm like, when did this even happen? Hmm. Um so part of me is like, 
maybe there is for my regular podcast. And I, and I, I hate to say it for my regular podcast. It's very, very mechanical. It's, I ask guests to come on show for the most part. I do, I do a ton of research. I put the, the things together and it's very, people know what they're getting for those episodes It's pretty it, each episode. Although it, the subject is different, it kind of follows the same format, right. um, which is familiar to most people. It's the, this, the, it's the podcast stuff, particularly with things like which direction that I want to go with it. The, the beginning of the show I can't remember. I, I asked Cyprian for inspiration. Cyprian is not a saint one goes to for inspiration, artistic inspiration. Mm-hmm. But I asked. I was just like, let's see where this goes. I have no idea where the title What Magic Is This came from. I have no idea. Yeah. Like the, the whole Crozier symbolism that I, I put through my logos and stuff like that, I don't know where that came from. So maybe it, maybe it might have worked. Um, I guess m- my answer to the question is that it – I ask for influences a lot of times. It's from my ancestors and and things of that nature for my Patreon stuff. Sometimes every once in a while, I don't know where it 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 comes from. I can't say whether or not it's it's influenced from somewhere else. But then every once in a while, I'll just be shocked. Like, when did I do this? And what what mm-hmm. even what even happened? Like, I re- some of them I remember, some of them I don't, and so I can't really say whether or not that that's that's what? that's. But I, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm dodging the question, but I, I kind of at this point, Dara, um, I'm open to everything. And I try not to analyze whether or not that like that might be an influence. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, yeah. uh, and it's not because like I'm some magus seer who who's constantly bombarded by the the influences of, of infernal spirits. I, I talked to uh, like 20 or not 20 uh, five years ago when I was doing dabblings with things like the Ars Goetia, but it's. I am very blessed by getting influences for things that I don't even question them or where they come from. They just, right. it just happens. So I think, I think a lot of people, and I'll put it this way. And sorry, I'm sorry if this sounds like I'm going out on a tangent. People, a lot of people really dislike Neil Gaiman, um, particularly people who are magical because in part of them, they see this person who is very much of their kin. See, he's an infinitely creative man. His, whole way that he concocted the the world of dreaming and his sisters within the sandman leads one to believe that he's a very magical person he's a masterful storyteller but anytime he's asked about where he gets his ideas from he gives like the most glib answers you're like oh they come from my head and stuff like that and so people <laughs> really hate people really dislike neil gaiman and yeah. for that particularly people who are magically operant they really dislike where he comes from but i also understand that uh, because that's the only way that he can contextualize it. As far as like my influences, and I'm not as creative as Neil Gaiman is um, in any way, shape, or form with how I concoct any of my shows, be they my Patreon or otherwise. Sometimes the influences are best when they're not given over to any kind of explanation or just when I'm not thinking about where they come from yeah. or if they could come from a different source. I will, though, I will say I specifically go to – sometimes when I'm in a bind, I will specifically go to my ancestors and just sit with them and be like – can I? Can you just put a stiff wind somewhere so that my head will go in that direction? Because I really need help. And for mm-hmm. the most part, I, I don't. I'm usually answered in some way, and so I'm I'm very lucky in that regard. But for something like what you're talking about, like chapters writing themselves, the closest I have to that is that weird Gnostic episode. I I didn't even know I made it. I listened to it, and it was like I was listening to. 
I, I listened to it again about three months ago. It was like somebody, it was like somebody else did it. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I must've been at my old place. Uh, so that was a really bizarre one. That one threw me for a loop, but I was like, Oh, when did I do this? That's That's long winded answer to your question, but I think it happens. I'm just not one that I can, I can clearly say, Right, right. Yes, right. that was something else. It's yeah. it's it's so intriguing. Like uh, I, I find the whole process of creativity just, I mean, so adjacent to to to, to magic. You know, um, yeah. but I, I actually I never I didn't realize that that about Neil Gaiman. That it kind of makes me laugh. I I I almost admire that mundane answer. It's like, me too. You know, you're, you're like be expecting that kind of level of of like this multi-layer stories of this and it's always tapping into these kind of like archetypal mythos i mean he's a remarkable capability for it um yes. you know uh, how did you come up with the story i just thought of it <laughs> yeah yeah but to this know. day sandman is still i think it's such a beautiful such a beautiful beautiful book and it's such a rich world just mm. really beautifully filled world of story mm. so we all have have, like if if those of us who are magicians and practitioners were like he must be one of us so when he gives answers like that i understand why people would be hurt and be like well fuck yeah. you neil like <laughs> but but truly <laughs> um he also has deadlines mm. he also has like he and so he's he's also a human being but i truly part of me is also like I, I really do think Neil is a magician in some way, like like Alan Moore level magician. Like he really is able to conjure some, and that he's still producing work of such great quality. Yeah, consistently, yeah. right? Like he, he definitely is. But um, you know, I, I don't suspect that he'll do the Grant Morris and Alan Moore thing and ever you know just be like I'm I'm yeah. an out and out magician. But yeah, yeah. Well, mate. People who want to find your work, I mean, it almost sounds ludicrous because everyone who listens to this show knows who you are. So, but if they don't, if they where don't, would they find you? Go to whatmagicisthis.com, all one word. Uh, you can find all of my stuff there. Um, for people who say you've never listened to my show, uh, go to the menu, click on episodes, and just find something there that interests you. I guarantee you there'll be at least one thing there that you'll be like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll have a listen and then listen to it and then go through the show notes on that because uh, I, I do, I spend a lot of time on uh, picking out show notes, like so many hours. I, and I vet there's nothing up there that I haven't read for the most part yeah. uh, as far as show notes are concerned, but I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on whatever's Elon is calling that platform that used to be Twitter. I think it's called X now. Um, Gary, you're not missing much. I'm just telling you that man. you're Thank not you. missing much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but everything available at whatmagicisthis.com. That's my main podcast. Um, and I'm just going to say I have a Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash whatmagicisthis. Uh, if you enjoy my show, come on over to the Patreon. I I, I don't say this because um, I just want your money. I, I, I really enjoy what I do on the Patreon. I try something different. I do things differently on the Patreon. Uh, you get to see a little bit more magical stuff and and and, and listen to podcast episodes. I, I don't want this to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I don't think anybody's making stuff like I do on the Patreon right now. I don't think anybody's doing these, these kind of weird. You know, I'm, I'm a I'm a proud 
patron of, of yours and a fantastic community and I mean the show we were discussing earlier was one of the Patreon shows you know so it's 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 great stuff you know and you know if you enjoy the interviews and indeed kind of the, the fantastic uh, informative uh, lectures that that Douglas does in his in his main podcast the, the Patreon is going to be a gold mine for you yeah, you know, yeah. lots of stuff there it's wonderful well, but everything. What magic is this dot com? That's it. That's uh, that's all. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely to have you back. Right. My God, man. It's it's always such I'd love talking to you. And one of these days, I'm 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 not just saying this is a threat. One of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna get that ticket. I'm gonna fly over the Arctic. I'm gonna land on the on the the uh the rainy the rainy turf, the rainy terrain that is that is I'm I'm fucking oh. ankle deep at the moment, man. It's horrendous. And uh, same here. Yeah, I'm on an island too, man. It rains on <laughs> islands. That's what happens. It's just like oh well, man. Yeah, if you, whenever you arrive, you know, me casa su casa. Oh, we'll just hang out at the British Museum all day, just just <laughs> looking for synchronicities within yeah, yeah, within yeah. all all eighteen of their gift shops, man. <laughs> I love the British Museum, but holy moly, they they want your money. They they won't get your money at the door because you can yeah. go in for free. Yeah, but they'll try to get your money elsewhere. The I mean the whole. This, this, like for those of you who haven't been, it's like there's a massive kind of amazing concourse when you go into place, but there's a huge kind of like big circular monolith kind of in front of you. It's like a fucking giant linga, um, yeah. and it's just inside that it's just gift shop after gift shop, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you might and you might be able to get kind of close to the Rosetta Stone if you wait like 15 hours. <laughs> you might. <laughs> be able to see this this really incredible thing but <laughs> i tell you what you will be able to see really easy though you'll be able to see john d's you yeah. know oh, yeah. stone and the um yeah. and there's what is this syllogum day i can never pronounce it's it Amos. yeah Amos. yeah but, yeah, yeah I that was that was cool over that one of these days I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna come back to jolly old england we'll we'll go there like We'll have a great time, but Dara, this has always yeah, been definitely. so amazing. It's 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 wonderful. I I'm just gonna say, like <laughs> speaking as as a member of it, the magical podcast community is so amazing. Everybody is so nice to each other. It's mm. I there's no well for the most part for yeah. the most part most people are really nice with each other, and and I I'm so lucky to call you a friend and fellow podcaster. I can't wait to have you back on my show. We've got something planned. It's going to be a little bit, but yeah. just like just it's Dar is going to be back on uh, what magic is this, and we're going to talk about some. Whew, we're going to talk about some interesting stuff, and so uh, so yeah, I can't wait to have you back on the show, and thank you again for having me, Dar. Oh, it's been a pleasure, man. Pleasure. Thank you, Douglas. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I hope you guys did too. Do check the show notes. There's a whole wealth of info there. Some real, real fantastic stuff to have a look at. Um, I'm Dara Mason, and you've been listening to Spirit Books. Take care and talk soon. <laughs>